0: welcome to Future Speak.
1: They've been creating these e-learnings for, for decades but not really from a user-centered perspective. They've been creating courses because they needed to because it, it, it was asked from legal or compliance or it had a business procedure that everybody needed to know but they weren't asking the employees hey what do you want.
0: We came across one another at Unleash earlier on this year but didn't get the chance to talk last year, sorry, now, you know how interested I am in the world of virtual reality. We talk about it so much, but we actually haven't made it a reality, excuse the pun. So I'd love to know your thoughts on where we're going in terms of the workforce and the future of work, which is here now, and more about what you do but before we get into it, I'd love you to introduce yourself to the viewers and listeners today.
1: Of course. Thanks so much for, uh, for having me on this series. Uh, very excited. I'm Thijs de Wies, uh, one of the founders of uh, Warp VR, a business we founded a little bit over five years ago. And my background is, is really in um, learning, changing behavior, uh, but always applied from a gamification perspective. So uh, I studied um, uh, design always with kind of psychology as as kind of a factor within design, always curious on why people would think products would be very interesting, like, what's the emotional connections people can have a products. Uh, and and I came uh, kind of in the world of games. And, and I realized that that's the case there as well. Like people can really get into games, they can be, get emotionally attached to games. Um, so and I was wondering, like, can can we grab that? motivation, let's say, that gamers have and and put that into a different context. So uh, that's kind of what I did um, also for many years before uh, this venture, uh, really helping clients, bigger, smaller companies with applying game-based principles, game-based learning often uh, within their organizations. Uh, And then, let's say six, maybe seven years ago, I came across VR as a technology. Obviously, I knew it, but but we were doing this for, for a project back in the day. Uh, and I was fascinated absolutely by this technology and that combination of games, game-based learning, of motivation and design, and VR as a technology. Uh, I thought it was very powerful. So um, that's when we uh, founded Warp VR, myself and two other co-founders, always with the intent of of trying almost to democratize VR. Let's say you know, trying to make it as easy as possible for for clients in order to get into VR and really work with VR. But never have VR kind of being the centerpiece because eventually the employee is the center. So not the technology. Technology is just the means to an end. But really trying to kind of build it up in such a way that we can, you know, truly use this technology in in, in a good manner in order to create more impacts So impact, you know, eventually for clients obviously, but also really impact for the employee itself. And I think we're doing a good job there. So uh, Fast forward into now, I've uh, got some amazing clients. We work with many, many training scenarios that have been developed. So we're definitely seeing, you know, that uptake of, of VR within the future world.
0: Tell us more about the reality. I'd love to hear more because you and I have had a conversation and I'm sure that we're typical in this, which is we're interested in it. We really like where it's going. Obviously, it'll never replace the human But I love the immersiveness of it. You know, just as we were talking before uh, we hit record today, being able to to be away and really focus on our podcast and, you know, prep well for our guests and and make sure it's a wonderful experience both for our guests and our listeners means we can immerse ourselves in this whilst we're doing it. This kind of training and coaching is no different, is it? but it's that grappling with the reality of I like it, to so let's make it happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, looking at immersion and kind of what it means, I think it can be achieved in many ways. So, you know, VR is just, just a kind of a tool in order to get there. But like a podcast, for instance, you know, wearing your headphones, maybe walking around the city having a podcast on. I mean, that could really be immersive. You know, you could really be into that story, uh, almost forget about anything else. I mean, there there's eventually the definition, you know, that you step into almost kind of a new reality kind of a new world um where you know something happens um and and vr as a, as a technology is, is is kind of a, a technology which does this really well i mean eventually that this is what we're seeing over and over again that whenever employees are putting on a vr headset they're there i mean within seconds they're there and it's going to be super difficult to ask them any other question because they won't be able to answer, you know, they're, they're immersed in that new world. You know, the, the vision is obviously completely changed whenever they, they wear headphones, they're even more immersed and you kind of need your full brain power, right. In order to be there to experience, you know, whatever happens there, um, and to interact with it. Um, and, and I think that's, that's the power of VR. And, and, you know, in the end, it's also true what you're saying when it comes to the application I mean, VR is very well, uh, suited for immersion and, and bringing people into realities, which are, you know, maybe otherwise too dangerous to go to, or too difficult to experience. Um, but it's just one technology. It's one methodology in, in a bigger mix of whatever you have to give to your employees. So kind of the offline interactions. I mean, nothing can replace that. So you still need that. Uh, You need classroom sessions. You probably need e-learning and you need VR. So it's really that mix, I think, that that blended approach, which eventually would work best for for any employee in any situation.
0: Can you bring that to life for us? Is someone listening to this right now who is really bought into this and is, you know, walking along to your point? They're taking a walk in the city, right? They've got their their AirPods in and they're kind of thinking, yep, I get this. So I get the e-learning, I get the VR, I get the in-person. Now what? Talk to us more about, say, some of the scenarios that, that you've seen and, and how you've helped organizations.
1: Yes, obviously, uh, I love doing that. important to mention here is also kind of the angle, let's say, that that we are taking when it comes to VR. I mean, VR as a technology uh, can be used, but the way you use that technology can be in different ways. We are currently also seeing this happening, and and this is kind of a maturity of the market as well, where clients understand, okay, for this type of training topics, I need kind of VR in such a way, for others, you know, we do VR different. The angle that we're in and, and kind of the approach that we're taking is from stories, from narrative. So actually what we're doing with our clients is that we're creating these almost interactive documentaries where you as a player, you know, wearing the VR headset are actually the main character in that story. So you put on the, on the headset, you'll are playing as someone, you know, maybe you're playing as yourself. You could be an operational employee on a worksite, but you could also be a, a sales representative in, in an office. I mean, it could be anything you are somewhere and you have to do something. And people come up to you in that story. So we use video in order to do this, right? So we use 360 video. We use actors. And um, there, there would be interaction. So something would happen. So the topics that we're seeing this used in is soft skills, for one. Mm-hmm. Sales training, leadership training, communication more in general, how to get feedback, you know, all those kinds of elements. So really, how do you interact with colleagues, clients, prospects, um, what kind of ad questions do you ask um, what do you do you know things get a little bit uh, stressful you know you you know, it's difficult to approach somebody like what does that do to yourself and the other topic that we see is safety and security and, and I think that makes a lot of sense for a lot of people since you know VR and make sure that you know you get access to these scenarios which otherwise in reality would be difficult to get access to so um an evacuation exercise because the building is on fire. I mean, obviously, everybody is, is dealing with these exercises in real life. But yeah, we know the building isn't on fire. So everybody walks out of the building pretty calm. Yeah. Everybody knows it's an exercise. So you won't really remember what you're currently learning there. You, know, you don't really remember that protocol that's being created in order to get everybody out safely. And you don't remember it because you don't connect it to a emotion. Because whenever that would really happen, you know, that's an emotional impact, like it's an impactful, stressful situation. And then you probably fight, flight or freeze, right? I mean, you, you would, your, your primary instinct would be to handle in a certain way, but if you've experienced this before and, and you've, you've got into that stressful situation, you can connect whatever you learn and you can connect that procedure, leaving the office building in a safe manner you can connect that to the emotion and you've been there before. So this, this, I think this is really, um, this is also coming from research where research is telling that confidence levels, for instance, are increasing whenever people are trained with VR opposed to e-learnings of classroom learnings. And it's really that emotional connection that, that makes sure that happens. So that, that angle of story-based learning, that's really the angle that we are taking Um and you know can be applied within soft skills, safety, security kind of related uh, kind of topics, um, and and we help clients in in order to create those. So hopefully that gives a little bit more of, a, of an insight on the types of training scenarios that that uh, that we create.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting, and and I love your point there actually around bringing these scenarios to life. When I think back to recent fire alarms, it, we, even a fire alarm whilst I was last here, you're right, we all very calmly walked out the building and shut down our laptops and took our bags with us, even though we were told not to, because we didn't know how long would be out there for. Exactly. It's a really different scenario, because you know you're safe. Exactly. And we all behave differently, don't we, when the adrenaline's running and everything else. And gosh, I remember a few Christmases ago, a friend's son had a VR headsets and... It was all to do with diving, and diving right down. Now, I'm very comfortable in water, but we were diving really deep, and there were sharks around us, and we were in a cage. And I felt that emotion, even though I was sat on my friend's bed, I was safe, you know, there were a group of us in the room, all the lights were on, nothing was going to happen to me. But that experience was real. True. So having that is, is incredibly powerful. How do you see this evolving? Where, what's next for you and your organisation and how you work with clients?
1: Yeah, so really, what we're seeing and uh, is is kind of the increase in demand for this, and then I think this is really due to the fact that there are more use cases, more successful use cases of applying VR within organisations. So in the pandemic obviously also you know helps there, uh, where um, pre-pandemic people knew about VR, knew potentially about kind of the benefits. But, you know, it was such a step forward, you know, you really have to make time in order to do this, you had to put resources in there. Also during pandemic, everything, you know, stressful, difficult, you're not really going to innovate, you know, when it comes to kind of these new technologies. But definitely right now, post pandemic, we, we, we see an increase in demand for VR training because within kind of the hybrid work decade probably we're in you kind of need these uh technologies in order to bring kind of these situations to people instead of the other way around like we always used to bring employees to certain situations um in order to train them train them there um and often not that realistic and now you can bring that situation to people themselves so wherever they are maybe they're working from home or um you know also with kind of the more remote hybrid way of working it's so much easier to attract talent from around the globe. So it's going to be more widespread yeah. on, on, on the people that you're working for you. So VR as a technology can definitely help there. You know, for us, it's, it's, it's a little bit twofold. So, you know, we, okay. we are a technology company. We, we build technology in order to create these VR trainings. And on the other hand, we're also a company that has to provide in this, let's say almost thought leadership. Like, how do you apply VR? What is VR? When does it work? When doesn't it work? What's the cost, for instance, you know, uh, when it's uh, what's the ROI when using VR. So we really have to <clears throat> talk about this a lot in order also to kind of educate almost, you know, um, because this is really what we're seeing. So for a lot of our clients, it's early days, you know, they, they start with VR more as a pilot project or as an experiment, as an innovation. Um, but we also always see that employees are super excited about this, you know, so they get trained on a topic which really matters to them, you know, which, which they see value in and, you know, that, and then they take off the headset and they're like, oh, then we can do this and we can do this topic and we can do this topic. So, you know, the, the inspiration comes and, and for us, that's really a sign that, you know, this is getting bigger, uh, more companies will start, you know. Train people, give people these experiences in VR, uh, because currently at the moment there's nothing else which can bring you so close to reality as as VR can. Um, so that, that's definitely the the kind of the future that we're we're seeing ahead of ourselves.
0: You raise an interesting point there, and that's when yeah potential clients are talking to you about return on investment. How do you address that?
1: It's a, it, it's a question we're actually trying to uh, get on the table as early as possible because eventually. What we've seen as well, uh, to be honest, is is uh, this is this was more before the pandemic. I think uh, where TR was being used purely as an innovation, as in you know we want to see what it is, we're going to invest some 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 time, some resources, some budget in it, and and we'll see. And that really doesn't work. I mean, eventually, you know, if you put it there as an innovation, mm-hmm. yes, it's fun for a couple of months, but then you know it dies down, it doesn't work. So we've learned that you know from the earliest stages of, of also the sales process, we need to talk about ROI. We need to talk about commitment. We need to talk about implementation. And eventually, if you look at ROI, it's it's a little bit different from case to case. So most of the clients that we work with are big enterprises. For some of these clients, uh, they work with, you know, very big and expensive assets. You know, you, we've got KLM working with aircrafts. We've got the Dutch railways, you know, working with big trains. These need to be operational you know these need to be working in the field otherwise you know the company doesn't make any money okay. there's no revenue and training becomes becomes even more of a cost driver than it already is so the ROI for these type of cases is actually super easy to create it because you know just as an example for the Dutch railways for instance they currently train their people you know all kinds of staff on the introduction of new train types whereas normally they would bring people to the train so they would order you know one train that's kind of a a model, so to say, and they, they would guide everybody through the train where everything is, how everything works. It would normally cost them two full working days in order to do this. And if you would do that with all of your staff, you know, that re- requires an amazing amount of days. Currently, they're doing this in VR and they can uh, uh, right now already uh, cut down, you know, the training time in half um, because you wow. can bring the train to the employees instead of the employees to the train. And then the ROI is, is easy to create because you know the amount of time required from all of these employees to be trained. If you can cut that in half, I mean that's that's freeing up budget, you know, a, a lot. So, and it's pretty easy to to create kind of these VR training scenarios uh, within these boundaries.
0: Yeah, and I and I get that. It's interesting. I read about a study. That was done a while back, a few years ago, and they had two groups. So, Group A was taught to play a tune on a piano with a physical piano, right? The others, Group B, were taught how to play a song on a piano without being there. And forgive me, I can't remember if that was done via VR, but the end result was there was no difference between Group A and Group B. So, what you're That's... saying there really resonates with me when, when, when you talk about that. And that, and that cost saving of time makes so much sense because we are now spread spread all over the place. Absolutely. The practicalities of this in terms of the hardware itself. Right now, it's a case of, you know, you, you put a helmet on and, and you're immersed in that, in that world. Where do you see that side of it going? Will we will we maintain this this visual impact Sorry. here, or will it move move on to something else?
1: It, it's a good question, and eventually, it's a difficult one to answer. Uh, in that sense, that you know, one one side, technology moves fast. <laughs> you know, we've got these headsets. I've got a a Quest Two here, for instance, from Meta, a great device at the moment. Clients use this, you know, in, in terms of price quality, it's it's perfect for VR training. Uh, they recently launched the quest pro which is a bit more an expensive device uh quality terms a lot better than than the quest 2 and this will move forward so eventually you will gonna see better devices better quality you know as as you know happens with with um digital hardware but it's also i guess important to that this whole technology and hardware evolves in a direction where it's less would you say that bulky or at least less obvious? Uh, because eventually, that's also important to 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 really make it mainstream, and that's only going to happen, you know, whenever your headsets, let's say, are as light as you know the glasses I'm currently wearing, for instance. And and it could definitely go into that direction, but it will take time. So it, in the meantime, really, what we're seeing currently with clients is that no client is gonna.